Hello, my name is Michael Norton, and I would like to welcome you to this week's episode of the My Mysterious Bible Podcast, where if it's mysterious, it matters. This week, we will cover Ham and the nakedness of Noah, and we'll begin by reading from Genesis chapter 9, verses 18 through 27. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah. And from these, the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk, and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both of their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. Now I'm going to read something from the Faith Life Study Bible. Begin quote. Genesis 9.22 saw the nakedness of their father. This act could be understood as either literal or metaphorical. That is to say it's idiomatic. If Ham looked in the tent and saw his father lying naked and did not cover him, he was dishonoring his father and making sport of his condition by telling his brothers. If the phrase was meant to be an idiom, it could point to some sort of sexually related offense. See note verses 22 through 24. And now I will read that note. 9.22 through 24. Two difficult interpretive issues arise in the incident between Ham and Noah. Understanding the nature of Ham's offense and making sense of why Ham's son Canaan was cursed instead of Ham. The text of verse 22 may be literally rendered as Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. However, this could be an idiom. It may not be about Noah being nude, but an incident that greatly insults Noah. Ham's offense could be explained as voyeurism, castration of Noah, sodomy, or the incestuous rape of his mother. So those are our four interpretive options that we usually find in scholarship. Number one, we'll look at voyeurism. This view has textual validity and may offer us, at least to some degree, an also-and option instead of a strict either-or option. Ham sees his father drunk, and he sees his father's nakedness. And instead of coming to his father's aid, as his brothers would go on to do, he goes and spreads the news of his father's shame. Ham may have done more than just disrespectfully look upon his naked drunk father and spread the news. The strength of this position is that it is purely based upon the text. Nothing else is pulled into this view. The weakness is that it is a wooden reading of the text and overlooks very well-known figures of speech used in the Old Testament. The second view. Ham castrated his drunk father. There is absolutely no scriptural evidence that I know of that could be called upon to substantiate this view. It is read into the text instead of being read from the text. It is possible that this view was inspired later 
By Greek mythology, where Cronus was castrated by his son Zeus, just as Uranus had been earlier castrated by his son Cronus. The third view. Ham sodomized his drunk father. Seeing the nakedness of a person is a figure of speech for having heterosexual intercourse with a person. Not once in all of the other usages in the Bible is it used for same-sex intercourse. It is highly doubtful this view would have been received with much thought by the people of the ancient Near East. In the fourth view, Ham incestuously raped his mother. There is a long list of prohibitions against uncovering nakedness in the Old Testament. In the context of family relations, it means one thing, heterosexual intercourse. Okay, I'm going to read Leviticus 18, 1-9 from the ESV. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. Now I'm going to pause right here and remind you one of the things... Well, there were two warnings. You don't do those things they're doing in the land of Egypt, and you don't do those things they're doing in the land of Canaan. And Canaan is the son of Ham. So I'm going to go back one verse. None of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, your father's daughter, or your mother's daughter, whether brought up in the family or in another home. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter, of your daughter's daughter, for their nakedness is your own nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter brought up in your father's family, since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your, follow, your father's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. That is, you shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and of her daughter. And you shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are relatives. It is depravity. And you shall not take a woman as a rival wife to her sister, uncovering her nakedness while her sister is still alive. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness, while she is in her menstrual uncleanness. And you shall not lie sexually with your neighbor's wife, and so make yourself unclean with her. So that was a lot of uh, specific rules, and all this uncovering of nakedness is a figure of speech. It is an idiom for sexual relationship. 
Once again, uncovering someone's nakedness is a figure of speech for sexual intercourse. Let's look back at a few verses to really focus on the situation with Noah. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. Using these verses to in interpret, Genesis 9, 18-27 can make us very uneasy. It is uncomfortable to think about. But that long list of very specific prohibitions is in the Bible for a reason. It's not because nobody was ever doing these things. I am suggesting to you that Ham raped his mother while Abraham was so drunk that he was incapacitated, and that Canaan was a product of the act. Why else would Canaan be cursed so severely? Why else would he be mentioned prominently from the very beginning of the narrative? The disagreement over this interpretation hinges on something subtle. All of those examples from Leviticus use the term uncover the nakedness, which in Hebrew would be galah or wah, while the account of Ham in Genesis uses the term to see nakedness, ra'ah or wah. So it comes down to whether or not these terms are interchangeable. I believe that they are, and that is the opinion shared by experts in Biblical Hebrew like Dr. Michael Heiser and the two PhDs that wrote the journal article that I will be using as a source this week. That would be John Bergsma and Scott Walker-Hahn. I'm now going to quote from the Lexham Research Commentary which relies heavily upon the Faith Life Study Bible. And I rely on the Faith Life Study Bible as my one of my first go-tos for pretty much anything I'm looking at. Quote, the Faith Life Study Bible proposes that Ham committed incest with his mother, Noah's wife, and that Canaan may have been the offspring of their union. Both interpretations that involve sexual intercourse are based on the understanding that the expression to see nakedness as holding the same meaning as the expression to uncover nakedness, which does denote intercourse. So, uh, I have a very highly regarded scholarly study Bible that will back up, that does back up this view that these terms are synonymous and interchangeable. So we're going to look more closely at this maternal incest view. We begin with the idiomatic meanings of the phrase to see the father's nakedness. Proponents of the theory of paternal incest are correct to equate to uncover nakedness. Now the paternal incest would be that Again, that Ham violated his father sexually, and not instead of his mother. So, to uncover nakedness via Leviticus 20:17, understanding both as euphemisms for sexual intercourse. However, one may take this valid insight one step further by recognizing that in all relevant texts, to uncover nakedness is associated with heterosexual activity. And the nakedness of the father actually refers to the mother's nakedness. For example, in Leviticus 18:7-8, the nakedness of your father is defined as the nakedness of your mother, as we've already read. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is the nakedness of your father. Likewise, Leviticus 18:14, 16. 2011, 30, and 21 all describe a woman's nakedness as the nakedness of her husband. The same logic is at work in Deuteronomy 23.1 and 27.20, 20, 
which describes intercourse as one's father's wife with one's father's wife as uncovering the father's skirt. On the contrary, the two verses in the Pentateuch that condemn homosexual relations, Leviticus 18.22 and 20.13, use the verb gi yalel, not galel, as in Genesis 9.21-23. No combination of the terms is found associated with homosexual relations anywhere in the Bible. Therefore, the phrase is a euphemism for heterosexual intercourse. The prohibition against intercourse with your father, which is the nakedness, the nakedness of your mother, she is your mother, refers to intercourse with one's mother, not one's father. Besides its use in Leviticus 18 and 20, the phrase occurs only in Ezekiel 22.10, where Ezekiel is quoting a list of sin from the Holiness Code. Thus, outside of Genesis 9, the phrase nakedness of your father in the Bible always refers to the nakedness of the father's wife, end quote. That was a long quote, and I did interrupt a few times. From the journal article by Bergsman and Hahn, I quote, Noah's nakedness, and they start kind of awkwardly here, but they start with intercourse indeed, but heterosexual rather than homosexual intercourse. If we take full account of the nuance of the biblical idiom, the statement that Ham saw his father's nakedness implies relations with Noah's wife, presumably Ham's mother. This is supported by the fact that the imagery of the vineyard and wine is associated only with heterosexual intercourse in the Bible, whether in the story of Lot and his daughters, the David-Uriah-Bathsheba affair, or the Song of Songs, for example. The songwriter sings of a male-female relation when he or she exclaims, Your kisses are like the best wine, and let us go out early to the vineyards. There I will give you my love. It is salutary to recall that Genesis 9, 1-17, the pericope, immediately preceding the narrative under discussion, Noah and his sons are twice given the command to be fruitful and multiply. So like Genesis 9.19, from these a whole earth was peopled suggests that the sons fulfilled this command. And 9.18 and 22 stress Ham's role as the progenitor of Canaan. It is not unreasonable, therefore, to interpret Noah's and Ham's actions in 9.20-22 in the context of the procreative activity. However imperfect or distorted, Noah drank and disrobed in an effort to procreate. Ham intervened and succeeded. Specifically, if Ham's deed is understood as maternal incest, it becomes possible to explain Canaan's origin as the fruit of that union. This insight suddenly illuminates two aspects of the text left unanswered by the paternal incest theorists. Why Canaan was cursed and why Ham is repeatedly identified as the father of Canaan. Canaan is cursed because his origin was a vile taboo act on the part of his father. Ham is repeatedly and apparently superfluously identified as the father of Canaan because the narrator wishes to signal the re to the reader that this narrative explains how Ham became the father of Canaan. Van Wold remarks, The text opens, Ham was the father of Canaan. It is, a stri it is striking that Ham is named father at the precise moment when he is introduced as a son. 
Later, at the transgression of Ham, exactly the same thing happens. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. It sounds rather stupid. Evidently, the text wants to put all of the emphasis on the fatherhood of Ham, or rather, on the fact that he is the father of Canaan. The repetition is not stupid. However, if the pericope is explaining how Ham fathered Canaan, once Ham's offense is understood as heterosexual and procreative of Canaan, the links that paternal incest theorists recognize between Genesis 9, 20 and 20 through 27 and Genesis 6, 1 through 4, 19, 30 through 38, Leviticus 18 and 20, Deuteronomy 23 and 1, and 27, 20 are clarified and strengthened. All of these other passages concern heterosexual intercourse. As mentioned above, scholars correctly, in our opinion, note an anti-Hamitic, anti-Canaanite polemic in the holiness and Deuteronomic laws forbidding incest, such as Leviticus 18, Deuteronomy 23.1, and 27.20. But the categories of incest listed are all heterosexual. Significantly, the first category of incest that Leviticus 18 associates with the Hamitic nations Canaan and Egypt is with the father's wife, Leviticus 18, 6, and 7, which is also subject to Deuteronomy 23.1 and 27.20.43. A strong etiological link between these laws and Genesis 9.20-27 may be present if Ham's sin was maternal incest. End quote. And yes, that was a long one. I truly believe an ancient Israelite perfectly at home with these figures of speech that are used in the six would have no trouble whatsoever discerning the meaning of this text. To uncover another man's nakedness is to have sexual relationship with his wife, even if that man is your father. The textual evidence really only supports this view, or that of Ham simply gazing upon his naked father and being disrespectful about it. This interpretation really doesn't answer many of the questions about Canaan, though. And like I said, there can be an element of that first interpretation that is not mutually exclusive with believing that Ham vi violated his mother. He could have looked at his father and disrespectfully mocked and gazed upon him instead of honoring him. Also bear in mind that there's no prohibition upon accidentally seeing a parent naked. That was an honest mistake. Ham's disrespect about it was another matter. Another issue is one of translation. In verse 21, we read, He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. I'm going to quote Dr. Michael Heiser's explanation of why this is not accurate. Noah can't defend his wife, Ham's mom. Any of those scenarios could account for the his tent terminology. But there's actually a textual issue here. In Hebrew, what gets translated his tent here is oholo. It should be translated her tent because we have a noun ohel with a suffix and the third feminine singular suffix which is the h and you get instead of ohel you get oholo. This is a third feminine singular suffix on the noun. It should be translated her tent. I'm going to have to defer to Dr. Heiser's expertise on this issue. 
His PhD was in Biblical Hebrew and Semitic languages, so he would know better than me and most others about this. And I'm going to uh, take his word on it that this whole this whole narrative gets off on the wrong foot because uh, this is the mother's tent. It's not Noah's tent. Lastly, let's ask ourselves, why would Ham rape his mother? Is he just depraved? Is he just that twisted? He couldn't guarantee that the rape would produce a son by his mother. In the ancient Near East, taking a man's wife sexually was a way of usurping him. We see this when David takes Saul's wives as his concubines. And this would be in 2 Samuel 12, 7. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that were too little, I would add to you as much more. Now note, that's into the quote of the passage. And we see that one of the things that David did to solidify his kingship was to take the wives of his predecessor Saul. This happens again later in, in the bloodline of David when it happens to his son Solomon as well. But note, this passage without context sounds somewhat like David's being praised. He, like, you're the man, right? When actually this, he's being called out for what he did to Bathsheba and then to her husband Uriah the Hittite. This is coming on the heels of that. The point that David did take all of Saul's wives for his, himself as concubines still stands, though, for the, our purposes. So, with all that said and done, that's a, that's a lot, and this is a very, very deep rabbit hole, and it's very easy to get kind of uh, lost in the weeds, you know, if you want to compare it to a swamp. There is a lot more to this, but this is about as much as I'll be able to do on this podcast. So we went a little bit deeper into the weeds than we normally do, but it was necessary to cover the subject. To summarize, there is more than any of those other four, the four positions, any of the other three. This has the most scriptural basis when you learn the terminology and how these words are used other places in the Bible. It, it's not even a comparison. And the only other one that has scriptural validity is the first one, that Ham did see Noah in a shameful state and dishonored him. And that is not mutually exclusive with this one. They can both be true. To recap this very ugly tragedy in the Bible... Noah got drunk, Ham went to his mother's tent, and Noah was there. Perhaps he had intentions of his own, but was too drunk to fulfill them. And his son steps in and does something unthinkable. Ham steps in and rapes his mother. And this union brings forth Canaan, who will be the enemy of God's chosen people down the line. So... On that very uh, somber note, we will conclude this week's podcast. And if you have any questions, you can email me at mymysteriousbible at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page, My Mysterious Bible, on Facebook, our group. And uh, I will see you next week.